Hello, and welcome to Feeling Good with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen Johnson. I'm a certified functional medicine health and life coach with a passion for deconstructing women's health, habits, and happiness. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's get after it. I have a question for you today, and it is, whose love do you crave the most? This is a question that Tony Robbins asks his people. I think I heard it on the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, and it's a really good question. He's wondering what parents love we craved or crave the most, and I found my answer to be really challenging to confront and unpack, but also super good. However, I think there's a a different answer or layer to this question. I think more than any other love in the entire world, we crave our own love. We crave feeling whole, enough, worthy, confident, content, peaceful, all those good things. And those are all things that come out of loving ourselves. And yet for many, many people, loving ourselves is this elusive concept that feels impossible to grasp. For most of my life, I've lived that experience. It's been a struggle, people. And I still slip into it, actually, especially if I'm tired or run down or haven't been taking care of myself. So I believe, based on my own life experience and working with a lot of clients, that the love we crave the most is our own. But the concept of self-love is an interesting one, isn't it? Like, what comes to mind for you? It's most often mixed up with spa days and weekend trips to vineyards with too much wine and cheese. And I am not hating on these things at all. In fact, one of my most favorite weekends is a trip to wine country with my lady friends where we drink too much wine and eat cheese, which I don't normally consume on a regular basis. And we ride bikes all over town in our hooded onesies. It's all kinds of good times. But here's my thoughts on self-love. It's not at all related to wine trips or spa days. In fact, that can be a bit rough on a person like me. Hello, wine and cheese gut. It's not a good time, but totally worth it. And it is, in fact, an internal self-love is like this internal destination or a shift in beliefs about ourselves. It's recognizing that self-love is an inside job and cannot be achieved through external events or validations or anything like that. It's all about you and believing and what your beliefs are around yourself. Which of course is a challenge because life is most often spent with the desire, belief, or what feels like need to get love and validation externally. I think that this is because our brain is built on reward pathways or on the need to avoid unpleasant events. And of course, we do certain things in life when we do things, we either get rewarded for it or not. Ideally, we get rewarded and we avoid negative consequences. For example, when we do things for other people, we get hella praised. When we achieve things in school or work, or physically, we get praised. When we behave, we get praised. When we look 
after other people, we get praised unless you're a parent and then you just do all the things and wonder why you're not getting any praise. You know what I'm saying? So as our brain is developing, it notices this pattern and builds and builds and builds that pathway of praise equaling approval and acceptance and ultimately love. Okay, as totally a side note, I like to think of my brain like a big crazy jungle, really densely planted or like a really densely planted field of super thick grass. And when I want to make a new path, I literally imagine myself in there with a machete, like thwacking away the bushes or grass or whatever, because it's a jungle or really thick grass. It sort of closes in behind me. So I know that if I want something to become a new behavior or way of thinking, I need to get back in there and do that work over and over and over again. Okay, super. That's just super random little insight into how I communicate with my brain, but I seriously can't help myself. I get like strangely excited over bushwhacking new neural pathways. And actually, that is funny. I never really made this association, but a huge part of my childhood was actually spent bushwhacking and kind of running around life through the woods with a machete, making paths in like the fern patch out back. Probably don't tell my mom about that. She'll be stressed out. Okay, sorry about that full strange digression. What happens over a lifetime, especially when we're children, when we don't spend that time reflecting as to whether something is true or not, we end up with some seriously entrenched pathways in our mental jungle about what is required to receive love, acceptance, praise, or positive reward in general. What is required for us to avoid negative situations and experience love and belonging? So what we do is we push aside that little like beautiful little glowing ball of our true self that lives inside of each one of us and do the things. Another thing that contributes to this is how women talk about each other. Girls can be super mean. Women, super mean. When we think about the language used to describe a girl or a woman or a mom or whoever who does her own thing, who goes against the grain, is stubborn, strong-willed, powerful, who really puts herself first or even on the list at all. We often maybe overhear or it brings up these, this language of like, that bee is so selfish. She only thinks about herself. Have you noticed how self-involved she is? She puts herself first. How can she do that? That lady is so selfish, she puts her kids in daycare so she can go for a run or go to work or take a nap. This is things that we overhear or witness. And many of us grow up hearing some version of these things and also not getting all that much praise when we do our own things. I don't think this is intentional by our parents because I'm sure they were stoked when we were busy doing something on our own. But how rare and actually important to acknowledge this as a mom myself that someone would be like, hey, great job doing your own thing and really taking care of yourself in that way. Seriously, I am going to start saying that to my kids all the time now. 
So what I'm proposing is slowly over time, we build up the concept that love is something that comes as a reward from an external source and an external action. And we develop the behavior that goes along with it. Then on top of all that, there's this social fabric that lets us know we will be happy when. We will be happy when we go to university, when we get the job, when we meet the man of our dreams, when we buy the house, when we have the kids, when we go on the vacations, when we do all of the things, we will be happy. And all of these things seem to be built into the concept of what will fulfill all our needs to feel love. Love for our life and love for ourselves. However, I have observed in myself and many of my clients and my friends that even after we have all the things, there's this deep yearning or desire to be loved. And this is a deep longing for us to learn how to love ourselves. Sometimes our need to feel love is so big, we put astronomical pressure on our family or friends to fulfill this sort of magic recipe for properly expressing love to us so we will feel it. But of course, they don't get the recipe because it doesn't exist. It's not their love we crave the most, but our own. But we keep harping on them, expecting them to figure it out. We keep nitpicking and nagging and needling, handing that power over to everyone around us. Or we seek out toxic relationships and friendships. We show up with forced bravado at social, on social media or at school drop-off. We undermine ourselves and our strengths constantly. We lack clarity around what we want, like, or need. We struggle to trust our intuition. We constantly look for external affirmations or validations. We believe that in order to be loved and of value, we need to be in service to others. We struggle to take time for ourselves, are constantly busy and overworked even when we're not asked. We're people pleasers and sometimes can be brutal judges of other people in order to make ourselves feel a fraction better about ourselves. But my beautiful friend, it's time we start the inward journey and discover what we've probably been neglecting for the last forever years. A connection to ourselves and what she needs to feel loved. The love that we have been craving the most for all of these years is our own. And before you get all excited, yes, I know that doing nice things for other people is one of the best things that we can do to boost our own joy and happiness and life satisfaction. But not if it's done with the weight of our required affirmations and love attached to it. Then it becomes a burden for the recipient. Friend, this felt like a monumental shift for me. It felt like a hug, like acceptance, like permission to get curious about what I needed from myself to feel good in life. It also created a shift in my soul. I always like to come at these shifts from a place of curiosity because then no feeling or emotion or part of us feels judged or afraid. We don't need to shut down if we're just exploring a little bit with a little bit of curiosity. So I challenge you to ask yourself, a few questions. Something like, 
what would my life be like if I loved and accepted myself? What would I gain if I loved myself fully and didn't need validation or affirmations from others? What would I lose? If I loved myself fully, how would that impact the people around me? And maybe like, have I been taking responsibility for feeling loved, supported, and accepted? Or am I putting that on other people? Take a bit of time to think about these questions, which are, of course, only the tip of the iceberg, but they're a starting point. You could also take time to really imagine what your life would be like if you fully loved and accepted yourself right in the season you're in, right now. Even with all of your flaws and fails and failures, even if someone just told you you're not worth their time, even if your kid just literally told you you're a shite mom, even if you just got fired from the job you sold your soul for, what would your life be like if you had a connection to your inner ball of light that glows always with self-love? When I coach around these areas, there's a lot of resistance and, fr and friction. It's a super uncomfortable feeling for many people because it's super foreign. It feels dirty or selfish or shameful. There's an immediate sense of guilt attached to it. It feels like you will be rejected by the people you love and care for. It triggers all kinds of fears and emotions, and I get it. It's like standing naked in a busy city center and nobody speaks your language, so you just have to stand there exposed and like totally vulnerable. Actually, I have no idea if that's the exact comparison, but it's randomly what just came up for me now. So we're going to roll with it. My point is, it's uncomfortable. And that's okay. Don't run away from it. There are a few ideas for navigating through this that I'll share. But also, there's millions more. It's about finding something that works for you and sticking to the practice so you can bushwhack your way into, into a new way of being. So... Choose one or more of these options that I'm going to sort of list out for you to implement in your life for the next 30 or 40 days. I have done them all and I think they're great and I've worked with many clients and they work. But also, if none of them land with you, that's cool. Come up with your own. Do some research. Read a book. Reach out. It's all good. There's lots of options. So the first one is... A gratitude practice based entirely on you, your body, your life, things you have accomplished in your life, things you feel proud of. And seriously, if this feels hard for you, I suggest starting with your organs. They're amazing and super neutral. Like you can be really grateful for your heart and your small intestines because those things are just like working all the time. So that gratitude practice might look different for everybody. It might be sitting down every day and just writing out three to five things. It might be sitting down three times a week and long form journaling, whatever it is for you. Gratitude, using a gratitude practice is a beautiful introduction to just wonderful, unfolding wonderful things. I've used it in many different areas of my life and find it to be very gentle. So another option is 
this meditation mantra of, I love myself. And you can do this for one to 10 minutes a day. I like to do it with my breath. So breathe in, I love, and breathe out myself. Or you can switch the language around a bit, of course, and you can say, I love you, I love you, whatever feels good for you. And another option is eye gazing. So every single time you look in your mirror, whether you're brushing your teeth, hair, flossing, putting your makeup on or whatever, you just catch a glimpse of yourself in a window, say to yourself, I love you. Or just hold your gaze for as long as you can stand it. Eye gazing is actually randomly a tantric practice used to create intimacy between lovers. In this case, it's about creating intimacy with yourself. So super cool. Another option is to identify and journal the different areas in your life and things that you love about yourself in those areas. Socially, creatively, emotionally, your mind, your body, your experiences, thoughts, choices, whatever it is for you. And then the last one is super fun. It's a practice by Mel Robbins. She recently wrote a book called The High Five Habit. And this is every single morning after you brush your teeth, you give yourself a high five. You don't need to add a mantra or a thought or anything. You just do it. She says commit to it for at least five days in a row. And that there's like, there's actually fascinating science supporting this routine. And it's worth kind of tracking her down and listening to her on a podcast or check her out on social media because it's interesting. But in short, We use a high five as a signal of love or support and joy. So it's already built into our brain that that's a thing that you do to celebrate those things. So it doesn't need any explanations around that action. It releases a hit of dopamine no matter who we high five. And and don't we all need a little bit more love, support, and joy? I mean, come on. High five, y'all. So those are like just a couple of things that are a few things that I have practiced over the years. And by no means are they the only list out there. There's bajillions of ideas. Find one that works for you and just commit to it. Recognizing that there is no quick fix that I know of other than deciding over and over and over again that you love yourself and then actually taking actions that back that up slowly that's going to start to teach our brain that yeah look it I do love myself because I keep showing up and telling myself over and over again that I do I know it seems crazy but it's a thing I think I've done two episodes on self-care which in my opinion is directly linked to self-love and honestly has nothing to do with getting your nails did although that's a good time if you're into that kind of thing I really don't want anyone to think I'm totally like hating on going to the spa. It's freaking spectacular. But this is literally you in the jungle with a machete, making choices one after another that will create a new story about yourself. It's you choosing you over and over and over again who you want to be and how you want to feel in your life. But here's a little light. Every single action and choice that you take every time you sit down with your self-love gratitude practice or high five yourself in the mirror you are connecting to that beautiful little light that's inside of you and really on some level most of us really do love ourselves it's our separation from that 
authentic self that causes the suffering. It's handing over that power to other people that creates the pain and dissatisfaction we have about ourselves and our life. And once you start to align your glimmering lights up, you will be a night sky full of twinkling stars. Okay, (laughs) is that too cheesy? But I can't help myself. I get like super nerdy over the top stoked on this kind of thing. And doing the prep for this episode got me super fired up. Because actually, let me expose you to a hot minute of coaching. I want you to take a calming breath right now, if you can, and relax your body. Straighten up the back, relax down the front, relax your eyebrows, your eyes, your jaw, your stomach muscles. And now imagine your life three or five years from now. Imagine it as if absolutely nothing has changed in how you're doing and living your life. If you are still doing things just as you are now, if you're still in constant service to everyone, even though you're burnt out or run down or resentful, if you're working too much, hanging out with people who cut you down or make you feel bad, or are expecting the people in your life to fulfill all your needs. How does your life look? How do you feel? Like really feel in your body. How's your health? What are your relationships like? Take time to see how things are going for you. What's your relationship like with your spouse, with your family, with your kids, with your coworkers? How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel in your skin? Now, I want you to come back into this moment here maybe shift your body a bit maybe wiggle around or jump up and down if you're out for a run you could snap your fingers whatever it takes to get you back into this moment take a breath have a gentle smile relax your body again and now we're going back three to five years from now and imagine start you started working on this today Imagine on this very day, you committed to time daily with your machete and a sense of gratitude for yourself. Imagine you worked on it for 30 or 60 or 90 or 100 bajillion days and started to notice small shifts in yourself and your actions. Imagine that was just, this was all just the beginning of the work you would do on this. And maybe over time, you start holding boundaries better. Or creatively finding time for you to do the thing you want to do. You slowly started to truly love yourself and accept yourself and support yourself in all the ways that only you knew you needed. And you started taking actions that aligned with that. Imagine you started to build on this and really take care of yourself. And now I want you to assess three to five years out. How do you feel in that future? How is your energy? How's your health? What are your relationships like with your family and kids and spouse and friends and coworkers? How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel in your skin? How do you feel about the life you're living? Take some time to really sink into that because most often this practice can show that Learning to love ourselves is the medicine we've needed to feel at home in ourselves and our lives. It's the thing that's been missing all along. It's the puzzle piece of our life 
that we could never find no matter how sorted everything appeared. And I'm going to leave it here because I feel like I could go on and on and on for just like way too long. And I know you got things to do. And if you're finding this hard, perhaps have a listen to episode five on self-sabotage and maybe one of the self-care episodes or reach out to a coach who could help you along your journey to feeling supported and heard and celebrated. As always, I'm grateful for you and for getting to hang out with you and I'd love to get you to know you better. So come on over to find me on Instagram at functional health coaching and introduce yourself. And if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe for my sort of weekly sharing. Or if you know anyone who would be interested or would benefit from a little self-love reframe, please share this with them. All the kindness and love for like a million days. You are a beautiful, sweet sunshine. Thanks for being here.